0: Welcome to the Three Percent podcast, made by four friends who are all optometrists. We all went to Nova Southeastern University College of Optometry. We graduated in the class of 2017. Our friendship was very important to us because our class graduated the most Black optometrists, probably in history. There was about 10 of us who graduated from our class, but our class was 100 people. 10 isn't a lot. That's only 10% of the class, but optometry in general. Only 3% of optometrists identify as African-American in the country. So our class made history, and the four of us were a part of that, and so we wanted to share some of our stories with you. We hope that this podcast is educational and entertaining and opened your eyes to a lot of optometry and what an actual young black doctor looks like. We're real people. We like to have fun. We like to go out. We have our own issues, but optometry is a really great profession, so I brought all four of us together. It's so a little bit about me. So I'm Dr. Tasani Watson. I currently practice in Atlanta, Georgia. After optometry school, I did a one-year residency in ocular disease. I wanted to find more about surgery, surgery co-management, and just get a little bit deeper into the medical side of optometry. Did that, loved it, and it's what brought me to Atlanta and kept me in Atlanta. Right now I work in a large corporate practice, and I do practice a lot of medical optometry. I personally am from Cary, North Carolina, and I went to Washington University in St. Louis for my undergrad. In undergrad, I majored in psychology, and I minored in public health. I was always on the pre-med track because I knew I was going to be someone's doctor somewhere. I didn't know where, and I didn't know what type of doctor. So I'm glad that I learned about optometry. After undergrad, I did take a year off to try to figure out what I wanted to do. I worked for oral surgeon during that time because I always thought, well, maybe I could be a dentist. Dentistry is cool. I didn't want to go to med school. I didn't want to embark on that really long journey. I personally thought it was too long for me to do. So like, maybe I'll be a dentist. Well, that didn't work out. I don't like surgery. I don't like digging around people's teeth. And I'm glad that I did find optometry and chat with some optometrists during that year and learn more about it. I always thought optometrists went to med school. They don't. They go to optometry school. So it's something that I really need to learn about and I'm glad I opened my eyes to this profession. Cause it's great. It's a great combination of healthcare, medicine, and fashion. I love playing out with glasses. I love playing out with different kinds of contacts. It's really awesome. And I'm going to share this, send this over to Dr. Lewis. And Dr. Lewis, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: All right, all right. So my name is Dr. Cortez Lewis. I currently practice in Melbourne, Florida. So it's about one hour outside of Orlando, kind of beachside. So you kind of get to enjoy those festivities all along towards the beach. So I enjoy living out in Melbourne, Florida. I've actually been here about three years practicing now. Uh, Celebrating my three year anniversary June 20th of 2020 since I started practicing in this profession. Um, A little bit about myself. I am from a small town, West Helena, Arkansas. It's kind of in the southeast border of Arkansas, border of Mississippi. So if you think about it, I'm kind of about 45 minutes outside of Memphis, Tennessee. So that's the closest area where we would always go and shop and have fun, movies and things like that. Because Little Rock Fairville, that was many, many hours the other direction. So growing up, it was me, my mom, my brother, for a while I had a stepdad that was present. So during those four years of my upbringing, I did have a father figure in my life to help me push forward, to show me directions. But towards that high school years, there was really no fire figure there. But by that point, I had developed a, a good sensibility of what, what's right, what's wrong, and how to make certain wise decisions. My mom enrolled me into a program in high school called Upward Bound. I think the importance of programs like that for, for young high school students is it kind of exposes you to the college life. We did college tours to different areas to kind of get a, a good exposure. And because that was an HBCU, Atlanta Smith College to be exact. That program allowed me to go to many other HBCUs throughout the country to kind of get a feel of like, what do you want to do when you graduate high school? So for me, um, graduating at 18, I wanted to get out of the state. And in my household, it's a thing where, when you're 18, you got to go. That's the rule in the house. So growing at 18, you still kind of learn. You don't really know what you want to do, but I say, hey, if I go to college, I at least know I have room, I have board, I got somewhere to stay. So for me, each semester, if I were to pass on to the next semester, make good grades, I know that I could continue to have some place to stay and lay my head, which was always comforting for me. So I actually ended up going to school at Alabama State University in Montgomery, Alabama. So there, you know, just kind of going through the motions, majoring in biology, uh, just kind of thinking of it like, you know, I'm going to stick to biology because uh, I had a lot of friends who would change their majors and it would set them back a little bit. So for me, I said, you know what, no matter how hard it gets, I'm going to stick to this, this, this topic, this subject, this, uh, this path that I'm on. So just going through the motions, not kind of doing what I want to do with biology, but kind of saying, like, you know what, I can do pharmacy. I can get into dentistry. I can do chiropractic. Those were on my radar at that time. And it <clears> wasn't until my junior going to my senior year of undergrad, my roommate recommended his optometry. He said, hey, man, you should go check out my optometrist. And I actually did. I went and checked them out one day, and it was a black optometrist. For me, that was the first time I ever met a black doctor in general, especially being on the optometry side of things. So I was intrigued. So I would actually go to his office probably once a week. He would let me shadow, he would let me do things throughout the office. So he made me feel very welcome. Uh, so, Dr. Jeffrey Ford, so if you ever see this, I appreciate you. You're a great mentor. But going forward, it was a, such a warming experience because optometry. Outside of the other professions I listed earlier, that was one where I could actually go in and shadow. I could walk around the office. I wasn't in the way kind of in some other professions where you might not be able to shadow and get that direct hand-to-hand mentorship. So I really did appreciate that. So Dr. Ford was able to write recommendations for me. He was able to talk to a lot of the faculty and staff throughout the country. So when I started to apply to schools, my name would kind of pop up on the registry. So with that being said, I did apply to several schools I didn't get any. I didn't get into any. Uh, I ended up getting an interview from Nova Southeastern University. um, And that was exciting for me because, you know, I had been trying and trying. It wasn't that I wasn't good enough or smart enough. OAT scores weren't where they needed to be. Grades were great. OAT wasn't so great. So they gave me an interview to come to Nova Southeastern. And it was kind of to enroll in what we call a POP, preparatory Optometry Program, pretty much, where they give you kind of like an opportunity to show that you can go into the traditional four-year optometry program. So my career as a student, it was actually five years instead of the traditional four. So that whole pop year was just kind of a setup. Can you make the grades? Can you show that you're efficient enough? Can you show that you're able to handle this course load to be able to go with the traditional students? And we were able to prove myself that I was able to do it, averaging whatever. It was a B average at the time. You have to maintain that throughout all your courses to move on to the traditional program. So it was things like that that kind of propelled me forward. Um, optometry, as I'm practicing now, it, it is a great career. Uh, I enjoy it because you got many different avenues. You can go into faculty staff, you can go into corporate, you can do private practice, ODMD, you can go into a medical setting. So for me, even though I've been practicing in a corporate environment for about three years now, I have the hopes and the likes that hey. If this kind of starts to wear on me a little bit, I can try one of the other avenues out there. So that's what optometry has done for me. I'm going to pass it on to my sister,
2: Rochelle Sharkey. Yeah, all right. So hello, guys. I am Dr. Rochelle Sharkey. I currently practice in Charlotte, North Carolina. And historically, um, the Charlotte, North Carolina board is, is known to be one of the hardest States Mm -hmm. to get licensed in. So your girl did it. I don't know how, but I did it. And, you know, there was definitely a journey getting there. Um, Originally, I am from Omaha, Nebraska. And yeah, you know, disclaimer, I hear it all the time. But there are black people in Omaha. And no, (laughs) we do not live on a farm. So, you know, going from there, you know, I was always heavy in math and science. You know, I always had the dreams of being a doctor. You know, whether it be as you know people said, whether it be physical therapy, any type of chiropractic, dentistry, all that. I kind of explored all those, but still never really grasped what I really wanted to do um, as far as specialties. So when I decided to go to college, you know, I had to get out. I was one of those people. I could not stay in my hometown, so I left, went to Houston, and you know, it was definitely a culture shock for me. You know, seeing something completely different from this small city that I was from. Um, so I went to university of Houston, majored in biology. And, you know, from there I had, um, it was actually just orientation weekend and someone was like, Hey, Rochelle, did you know about optometry? You should really look into optometry and I'll never forget that guy. If you're watching, thank you, because you're the one that set me on this track. Um, I had never had been to an optometrist, but maybe once my whole life, I didn't really have, you know, the really bad eye conditions. My vision wasn't really that bad. So, you know, hearing about that in college from someone um, when I really didn't even know about that profession really intrigued me. Um, so I started doing pre-optometry, um, going to different clubs, ended up shadowing other doctors, and eventually, you know, ended up working for one. And that's where I actually got into contact with who we're going to see here, Dr. Sola today about, you know, our journey together, because we both started at this same practice. Um, So, you know, working with um, that that lady, you know, Houston was one of those cities, I would say, I didn't see a black optometrist until getting into optometry school, but Houston itself was predominantly, I would say, more Asian um, when it came to optometrists. So for me, you know, even working with her, I mean, the female driven aspect of it was, you know, you can still be a wife, you can still have a family, you can still have this life outside of being in, um, you know, in this profession, you don't have to be on call all the time. So I like that aspect of what she told me about the profession. So that kind of set me on track. Um, You know, for me, I was working two jobs during school. Um, when it got to even applying to optometry school, I was literally bartending at Papado's, which was a popular seafood restaurant. I'd be sitting um, at, the, at the bar serving people. And then I had my OAT book right next to me studying time that I could, you know, whenever I could cook. So, you know, for me, I always had that strong work ethic. But when I first took the OAT, I didn't necessarily get the best scores. So I still applied um you know i applied to about four different schools her back from all of them actually except for one but you know nova really stood out to me when i was in the process of taking my oat over they were like you know good luck i remember friend i'll never forget friend because she was like you know you got this you know in that prep that pep talk i really appreciated how nova really supported my my success and that's what really stood out to me and why I ultimately chose Nova Southeastern. So, um, I'm definitely happy I chose the profession I'm in and mm-hmm. I couldn't be even happier. Oh
0: mm-hmm. well, let's
3: hear about yeah. Dr. today.. And see, what Dr. Sadeh, can you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, yeah last but certainly not least, uh, my name is Dr. Ashola Um I uh, currently live in South Texas, uh, next to the border of uh, Mexico and uh, i practice in a corporate setting and uh, a little bit more information about myself um i was born in lagos nigeria okay and uh you know i moved to united states when i was about four years old so growing up in a nigerian household uh, we've got four mantras we got four 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 uh designated (laughs) professions that you can get into um You know, one is you can either be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be an engineer, you can be a failure to the family. And that last profession is not really an option. So, um, so growing up in a you know, Nigerian household, you know, we needed to have our ducks in a row. And it didn't matter what you did and what, what, what you wanted to pursue in life. Uh, one of those three other options were pretty much what you needed to get into. Um, so, you know, for me, I was always an athlete. And uh, you know, I played various sports, and and uh, you know, my goal and aspiration uh, is not like many. You know, I wanted to play football. I wanted to play in the NFL. That was my dream and my goal. So that was what I pushed for and I pursued. Um, so you know, all through high school and, and and even up until I went to the University of Houston, uh, my my interest was to play football, and that was my mentality. So you know, unfortunately, I was one of those jocks that would uh you know, not really use any aptitude to get any work done. Um, you know, the main focus was, like I said, to play football, and it carried through when I got to the University of Houston. Um, you know, I ended up uh, going through something pretty tragic, uh, which is to fail out of school. A lot of people don't have a story where they, you know, they go to school uh, to, to to pursue either athletics, either athletics or to pursue medicine, and they get kicked out due to, Poor GBA, you know, um, all kind of crazy stuff I was doing, and you know, that was a particular moment in my life uh, that that leveled me, it floored me in a way because the the whole time my goal isn't I want to be a doctor. I didn't really have an interest of in being a doctor. It really wasn't, but I knew that I had to get back to that at some point in my life. I don't know if maybe I thought. I'd go play in the league maybe for a few years and then come back to med school or something. I I didn't know, but I didn't know how I was going to get out of what I had already put myself into. Um, I want to always serve as a face for whoever thinks that they can't do it. I need you to understand, look at my face. If I can do it, you can do it. When I got kicked out of school and I didn't have football anymore, I didn't have aspirations anymore, I had to dig deep, I had to find out who I really was going to be. So I got back on my feet, I got my life together, I stopped looking to the left and to the right, and I appealed to get back into the school, which was in the University of Houston, the main campus at the time. I appealed to get back into the school, and they said, hey, well, listen, football's not going to ever work out for you ever again. So now if you want to get back in the program, you need to understand, You need to have a track. What's your track going to be? And I said, okay, well, listen, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just let me get back in school. Because if I go back home to my parents and I say that I chose option number four, which was a failure, they're going to ship me back to Nigeria. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's not really an option. So what do I got to do? They say, well, listen, you know, let's, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Do you like any of these options? I say, you know what? I do like... I do like exercise physiology. I do like that. I do like the concept of working. I was always in the gym and working out, due to sports. I said, I love that. So I got into that. And I said, okay, you know what I can do? They said you can take the prereqs, and you can take the 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 you know all the um the necessary classes for biology and sciences and all these things. And you can kind of get all your, you know, prereqs out the way that you can take all the upper level classes and you can take all the necessary classes for from Mexico. And I said, okay, cool. Let's get on that route. And I started doing that, started doing that. But before I was going through it, the, the advisor said, hey, listen, you know, you can't really make another uh, C again. I said, man, that's going to be tough because all I, all I knew was D's and F's. So when you say I can't even make another C, that was very difficult for me to hear. But I said, you know what? I buckled down, I searched within myself, and I found the hunger that I never knew I had. And it it just, it just awakened a monster in me. I don't know what it was, I, I mean, I thank God every day for it, but, uh, but the light switch went off. And ever since then, I realized that I wanted to do optometry because I wanted to be the eye doctor in the house. I had a lot of glaucoma in my family. I said, you know what, I want to be an eye doctor. Made the decision, and once I made that decision, I never looked back. And ever since then, I made Dean's List every semester. I got my grades from a one point, my GPA from a 1.8 all the way to a 3.4. I actually ended up graduating from the University of Houston with honors, with a gold sash. And people looked at me like, weren't you the same guy that got kicked out? Weren't you the same one that got kicked out this college? Yeah, and I'm the same guy who graduated with honors from the same college too. So what you gotta say about that, right? So that's to show you, if you don't think you can do it, you can. Fast forward, I applied to a school Thankfully I get in, but it was through the same process that my brother Cortez went through. OAT wasn't the best, to be honest with you, it was a 290, not the most competitive, but the grades was already I was already trending upward. So I thank God for people like Dr. Bachalupi, who saw me, believed in me, saw my potential, and gave me the opportunity for the for the pre-optometry program. I told him when he was at the University of Houston, come in to talk to the pre-optometry clubs at the time. I remember he came and told me, he said, I really see something special in you. There's a hunger I see in you because of what you've been through that I just don't think you can replicate. And you can't pay for, you can't buy hunger like that. I said, listen, Dr. Batchelope, if you just crack that, listen, you just gotta give me this. Man, you just give me this? I'm gonna bust the whole thing, the whole door's coming off the hinges. I guarantee you when I get to come to school, you go, you'd never regret giving me the opportunity. And we ended up going and I got the interview and that's actually when when, when I met, you know, my brother Cortez and, and uh you know at the time we were competing for a spot. <laughs> <Sure enough. laughs> I said if it's between me and you, brother, it was nice knowing you, brother, because you're not there. Because the y'all know? were the only two. Well, yeah, and don't come in in that there was program. There's
2: another guy.
3: There was yeah. another guy. Yeah. I think what this might have knew him around the way too. I think you yeah, knew him around yeah, the way. I did. I did. But 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 the point is, man, we ended up both getting in. We both got in and 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 it was an exciting time. And uh, you know, before we ended up leaving, um, I took the time to to also work at you know an optometry office where you know, I met Rochelle. Well, I've already known Rochelle from undergrad and you know I you know, actually ended up, you know, yeah, go Coos, go Coos. I ended up uh, training her, and and uh, you know when when she got there, she just completely took over. Uh, Rochelle, you know, she's just a smart girl, so she was just like, oh, this is all. Oh, the, 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 before a week, she was already, you know, she knew everything in and out. And uh, I ended up leaving and uh, not working re- really much, working there too much, and she just kind of took over. And uh, I think through that, I think through that experience, um, it really solidified the choice of like, you know, what I really love this profession because I was like, look at what you know, she was doing and I was like this, you know, she's able to she's able to live a life uh, that's conducive to what I wanted to live, where it wasn't on call, um, it wasn't such a long school process, kinda like the soni said. Uh, but it gave like like Ortez said, just it just it gave you so many different avenues for what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know what, this is exactly what I get what I wanna get into. And then once I started the optometry journey, um, that was when uh this this what you see before you today started as well, and we, we we began a, a friendship that that is going to uh, hopefully uh, last for a very very long time. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, so with that, you want to get into uh, some you know some things that we want to bring and what we want to offer you with this with platform. Let's. Yeah. So with this platform
0: again, so the podcast is called the Three Percent because only three percent of optometrist identifies african-american yeah just three percent that's not a lot and so with this podcast we have three main goals the first one is to hear about our four three
3: percent out of a hundred percent yeah wow i just need to okay. emphasize just again
0: <laughs> yeah that's crazy. out of a hundred percent is not a lot and like i said our graduating class had 10 of us out of 100 so it's 10 percent But that's still not a lot. And our graduating class had the most probably ever in history of African-American doctors graduate at the same time. Uh, Well, African-American optometrists, but 10. That's not a lot. The classes above and below us had less than five. Some had none. And speaking on having black males, some definitely had none. Or they had one. Our class had three, which is still not a lot. But I digress. So the goals of the podcast, though, like I said, is one, you can see we're all four very unique individuals and have four very unique stories. Our stories vary from how we got to optometry school, what we did in optometry school, and what we chose to do after optometry school. Yeah, we're all friends, and yes, we're all black, but that's about the only thing that we have in common. All of our stories are extremely different. Nothing was right, nothing was wrong, but they all share very valuable experiences and different paths and different avenues that you can take with this profession, all right? The second goal is to discuss various topics for prospective optometry students, current optometry students, the optometry community as a whole, and just the general public. All right, so we're all four normal people. We have different lives, different struggles, different highs, different lows. We really want you guys to get to know us, learn more about us, and ask us any questions that you have about optometry, grad school, what it's like to be a doctor all of that, we'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you have. And that leads into our third point. So you wanna increase awareness of optometry in the African-American community. We want that number of 3% to go up, it needs to go up higher, We're about 13% of the US population. So there should be at least 13% of us as optometrists. There should not only be three, that number is way, way too low. And we definitely wanna raise it up higher. Dr. Sharkey, what were you trying to say?
2: Oh no, I'm mean, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying. I mean, yeah. our mission has always been to, you know, just advocate for the expansion of black representation. So, mm-hmm. you know, going into this journey, yeah, we went through this this journey together, but we didn't want it to stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we were in school, we we kind of came up with this name. We called ourselves the FBDs <laughs> and you know Jeez, But, you know, FBD stood for future black doctors. And, you know, we were the future black doctors of our school, so we kind of wanted to excel. We pushed each other, we we studied together. We wanted each other to succeed in life and clearly Mm -hmm. we all made it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we founded this scholarship, the FBD scholarship as a result of that. And, you know, we want to continue this black excellence. We want more people to excel in the programs, We want to push you guys to to be better to you know set that tone of what we can do in this in this community of optometry so you know um there's definitely a lot that we plan to do with this you know we did start it at our school um and the faculty was very welcoming with that so we really um you know appreciated the fact that they they did take the time to get that out to the students and we did have a lot of applicants which you know, took us by surprise, too. We were, we were like, hey, we're doing something here. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, we want to make this into a real, you know, a big global thing, hopefully, where we expand it out into the other, the other schools and, you know, get this rep- representation up. As Tassani said, it's only 3%. We need to get these numbers up, and, you know, the scholarship is just one way to help us get there. And yeah,
1: we also hopefully. want to kind of touch on our experiences. Throughout school as students, you know, me and myself, some of us got married, uh, that'll be me. <laughs> some of us had kids, that'll be me. That'll still also be that, you. Uh, and, you know. <laughs> so we we all did different things. You know, some of us ran for different elective positions, uh, president of certain clubs like NOSA, uh, FBD, not FBD, but um, I forget the other name of the other nope, one. Nope, <laughs> like so we
0: had a lot of organizations.
1: In a no way. That, Ain't no way, things like that. So clearly I was, I was tired of doing <laughs> what I was doing. But all these programs, we were trying to make ourselves competitive. We wanted to be at the top of certain things. We wanted to show our face that, hey, we are here. We are here to represent. We are here to show excellence as, as black students. So uh, different experiences, you know. Um, and we appreciate each and every one of them. So for me, going through it as a student uh, from the beginning to end, um, mentorship was important for me. So me as a Black doctor now, I want to look back into my community. I want to bring that other Black student, that other Black kid who has aspirations of maybe being a doctor, maybe knowing about optometry. What can I help them with? Because I was offered that same optometry opportunity when I met Dr. Ford, and he was gracious enough to let me into his life. And I want to be that example for another young kid and for generations moving forward. We want to uplift that 3%.
0: Yeah, so I go then to just some of the things you'll hear about on this podcast. So do you think this podcast is for you to learn about us, you learn about what it's like to be not only a black doctor, a young doctor, a female doctor, what it's like to marry an optometrist, what it's like to marry someone who's not in optometry, what it's like to date in optometry school and after optometry, what it's like to have kids in optometry school, what it's like to unfortunately lose a kid in optometry school, and that affected our entire friend group, that affected our entire school on a whole, what it's like to have kids after optometry school, what it's like to be a dad and having to juggle your wife, a baby, and your job, what it's like to be on fraternity leave, what it's like to turn up in Miami and have to go wake up for a test at 8 a.m. in optometry school. These are all things that really happened, okay? All this stuff is really fun, but we're we'll also going to touch on some of the things that were maybe not so fun, what it's like to fail exams, what it's like to almost get kicked out of optometry school, what it's like to fail board exams, multiple times, okay? What it's like to not get the jobs that you want, how to get a job after optometry school. Should I do a residency? Should I not do a residency? What does that even mean, okay? What is the OAT? The OAT is the entrance exam you have to take to get into optometry school. It's like the MCAT, but How do you even study for that? What do you need to take for that? Should you do prep courses? These are all things that we'll touch on in this podcast. If there's anything else that you guys want to know about, ask us. This podcast is for you. We want to make sure that you learn about all the things you want to learn about and learn about us, too. Um, This was started because we have a group chat. Our group chat is always very, very funny. We talk about our day-to-day experiences with patients, our day-to-day experience with our friends. Just going to each other's weddings, going to each other's birthdays, baby showers. I mean, we are friends at the end of the day. Like, this is what brought us all together. And so we've experienced a lot of things that really, really good groups of friends experience. It's not just all about being a doctor. It's not just all about school. We've shared a lot of life together. And the four of us have grown up a lot in the process. But this whole process has brought us extremely, extremely close. Which is why the four of us are like family now. And this bond, the bonds that you make in grad school, a bond like this, you can't
3: break this. You can't break this at all. That's good. And I think Tassani, you're a, you're a diplomat of the, of the board, right?
0: I am. So I got some extra letters after my name.
3: You do. <laughs> you can talk about how you can talk about some of the extra letters you can get after a promise mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how to do that too. Um, but yeah, guys, like as you can see, I mean, we've got I mean we've got a stacked panel here. I mean, everybody's got such um, wisdom and insight from their own perspective to bring to the table. Uh, that will really rock your socks if you really were to pay attention to it. I mean, I know individual stories. from Every single person here, of something that they went through that was like, whoa, like, that's crazy. So, you know, stay tuned for that, guys. Like, as you can really see what what, what the heart behind it is for us guys, like, we want to help. We want to – we used to say uh, this back in NOSA, that, you know, each one, reach one and teach one. So we wanna really go back and, and, and understand the responsibility that we have to move the needle forward in making sure that optometry becomes something that is well known in our communities. Uh, because unfortunately, we're just not as representatives as, as we should be. But the problem isn't even about the representation, it's that you know, we, there's, so much, there's so much greatness in the black community that the world hasn't gotten a chance to witness. And we need to expose and shed light to this profession so people know that we're here we're alive We're, we're, we're alive and well, and, and we're running fast, full steam ahead. So, guys, please, you know, stay tuned for, for, for this podcast. We have a lot of good content, a lot of things that we're going to be sharing with you guys. We're excited to bring this to you. Uh, we, we have hopes to uh, send this to every school so that they can share with their, their students, um, with their, you know, prospective students, current students. And, guys, we really have something here that's going to be really, really special. So please, please, please stay tuned and be excited for, for, this, crazy, for this crazy podcast because we're going to go there. It's going it's to get real. And like you know, kind of like Tassani said, we're going to you know, highlight you know, not just the lows, not just the struggles, but the greatness, the good things that are happening in all of our lives from our mm-hmm. perspectives. So mm-hmm. we're excited for that, guys. We're excited to bring this to you. So please stay tuned and follow us on this journey as we give this, uh, this goodness to you guys. Bye. Bye, y'all. With that, FBD salute. We'll see y'all next time, okay? (laughs) Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.